Hey, Mark, what are we talking about today? I don't know, Jim. I don't know what we want to talk about. <laughs> we'll start here. We're going to start with this right here. Show and tell people. Jim's going to love this. I, bet he, I, won't know, I don't know if Jim's got one of these, but I do. Is this I, the cookbook? I, yes, I went through Mother's uh, findings here. Right here. So what do we think, third grade? So we're eight. We did something like this. All the mothers had to submit recipes, and then the kids had to hand break them out. With pictures. Now... I'm looking at the handwriting. Is this all us? Did we have to... We had to write out each copy. Okay. I'm surprised that we didn't write our own recipe and hand them out so you'd have all the different handwritings of the kids. It's just, you know, when I had my school. Like, you would write out, you know, 44 copies of your recipe and hand them to all the kids. That's, that's what we did. Yeah. Isn't it? This all looks like my crappy handwriting. Okay. I'm just going on record here. Maybe, maybe, I, had, maybe I was in the... Maybe the we did copy everybody's. Yeah. So, yeah, there's these crappy... Uh, oh, yeah. I just, I think our childhood in Stickney was... Uh, now, here's a question I have for you, uh, interrogator. How did your parents end up in Stickney? I thought of this the other day. My uh, my father's parents divorced. Okay. And he went to live with his mother, who okay. had the house built in Stickney. Ah, the one next Bought to you? Bought a lot. It was, I uh, believe, one of these prefab houses. Your that house, was a house, not kit. your parents, not your, your, your not my your parents' house. Yes, my my parents' house was, yes, a, was, was a, a kit. Was a kit house. Yes, that was put together on site. Came in the the box cars Small or whatever boxes. the okay. containers. And my dad has basically lived. He bought the house from his mother later on. So okay. that house has been in the Hosek family since inception, since like, it was built. When do you think that was? Any ideas? Oh, God. It had to be 70s, right? To their 60s? Uh, I'm going to go at least 70s, if not 60s. No, it had, had, no, had to be 50s. Because I was born there in the 60s. Yeah. They were married for two years. So it had to be early 60s, late 50s. And he probably, they probably. Your, parent, your grandparents my were grandparents, married for two years? No, no. Oh. My, my parents were married for two years before they had us. Oh, yes. Okay, plus two. And then. So then, my he had to, my grandmother had to have bought that house at least a decade or earlier than yeah, that. Wow! So in the fifties or or is what I would. Oh, guess. so your grandfather just moved next door later. Oh yeah, that was he was living in Chicago. He uh-huh. had his uh, storefront architecture office, and he had an apartment in the back. Still had the wood there, the metal file cabinet upstairs. I've got a got a drawing table from there and some stools. So yeah, no, my uh, my dad actually was in the Korean War, and uh, he was a corporal. And my uh, grandfather Stepan was what we would call shiftless. He was a shiftless drifter, um, basically in Stickney. So we are a third generation townie. So anyway, yeah. So my uh, depending on, well, actually, I can tell you, she was probably the third wife of my uh, grandpa. Anyway. Um, they were living in Mrs. Strunz's basement, two, house, two houses away, uh, two houses to the north, uh, renting. My father, my grandfather never owned a damn thing in his life. And apparently in the correspondence, my dad was sending all, you know, the good bohemian, sending all his paycheck home, whatever he wasn't drinking, to his mother. And she said, hey, there's an empty lot. There's a guy on East Avenue building all these, you know, cookie cutter houses. You want one? And so I guess the the tab was like five grand, and for a so, lot back then, for, wow. For, yeah. So so he says, yeah. So basically, he owned a house sight unseen. So when he came back from the war, it like it must have been midway. I don't think O'Hare existed back then. 
They pick him up at midway to take him home to a house he owns he's never seen. So he gets in there, they give him the grand tour. Well, of course, you know, since there was an unoccupied home, my grandparents moved into the basement. So they were already living in there. You're like, the whole thing is set up. It's like, well, I guess you guys live in the basement, then aren't you? Well, yeah, why pay rent when we can live here for free? So that was roughly whatever, mid, mid-60s. Um, and that went on for a few years. And my parents got married in 62, but the deal was, my mom was like, hey, I'm all for getting married. Uh, I got some bad news for you. Uh, those old people in the basement, they got to go. <laughs> so he kicked his parents out, and they moved back to his basement. And uh, so my grandmother was only two doors away my entire life. And then my uncle was only like a block and a half away. So like the yeah. immediate family is never more than a block and a half away. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, when my dad would talk about Stigney, it was like, that was like the furthest civilized, you know, that the furthest civilization had made it in the 20s. He was born in 28. And on Harlem and 40th, there was an, uh, an airstrip. There's an airport at 40th and Harlem. And so he, when, we, when I was a kid, he would tell these stories of that uh, he and my uncle and this Frank Slezak and these other Yishkus would, they made a plane. And they were going to go fly. And, uh, you know, then they put the big fat kid in it. And he, the joystick was hitting him in the chest. And he couldn't get out. So he starts crying for his mama. And they had to basically disassemble the plane to get the fat kid out. And I said, Dad, Dad, wait, wait. I saw this Little Rascals episode. And that wasn't <laughs> you. That was, you know, spanking the R gang. And he's like, no, no, no. And they were like, oh, yeah, whatever, Dad. Then he tells the next story about he and my uncle, they made a canoe. And they were canoeing, they used my grandmother's finest canvas, apparently, and they went canoeing down to the Splines. In a canvas canoe? In a canvas, you know, yeah, they had the shell, and I guess they used the canvas. And it just so happened that day, my grandmother went looking for that canvas to make something. Of course, it comes up missing, and it's floating down to the Splines River. God, had it beating on that one. And so all these, you know, I heard a story of one of my folks, and this, this Frank Slozak, would tell these, you know, I heard about him, he was really into Indian encampments. And so as they would come down to the Splains, they said they would, you know, they're hanging out there. This was, again, so anything past Harlem was like un, you know, unknown territory. Even though this house was built in 1893, so this house existed during that. This was like an outpost. This is one of the oldest houses. I think it's the fourth oldest house in Brookfield. Wow. And so this whole thing about Frank and the Indians, they'd find these Indian encampments. And he would get all these arrowheads. And so all these years later, my, my uncle comes to the house here. So this was in like 2001, 2002, my, my uncle came here. And I on eBay or something, I found a map of the western suburbs from like the 20s. And there you can see the, the airstrip. And yeah, that's where we're going to fly the plane. And as soon as he sees the map, oh yeah, yeah. Slezak lived here. And the guy who lived here, he, he totally came to life. He's explaining all this. I'm like... So the plane thing was real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We built the plane. And the canoe. He starts talking about the canoe again. I'm like, oh, my God. So then I went to see Frank Slozak, who actually, Frank is still alive. I think he's, like, closing in on 90. And, you know, at that point, he was only probably 80. He runs down the basement, comes back with this enormous mason jar full of arrowheads that he picked up off the displays River. Uh -huh. This is, like, probably in the 30s. That they would go up and down the Desplaines River and find actual Indian encampments with 
arrowheads and tomahawks and whatever. Still there from the Indian period. No one had ever done anything with this. And so, yeah, he had this big jar of arrowheads. And in the same area, like, we're screwing around riding up bicycles or whatever. There were actually, you know, there was actual Indian artifacts that could be pulled from the, uh, from the, um, uh, from the ground. And then he starts talking about the gypsies who were behind Fairyland Park. We had gypsy, um, I and yeah, they would winter, the, the gypsies would actually winter in, uh, I don't know why you would winter in Stickney, but apparently that was an Indian friendly, or whatever, gypsy friendly encampment. So my dad was line was always, you know, when I misbehaved, which was frequent, um, you know, I'm going to sell you to the gypsies. The gypsies take children. So back in 2000, I made uh, my first pilgrimage to Prague. And in Prague, you know, I did all this research. And this is, you know, the internet was barely starting. But there was this concept that when you take the train into um, the station in Prague, th that when you get off the train, you ha everybody goes to the right. But if you get off the train and you look left for any reason, somebody's going to approach you because it's clear you've never been to the station before. But it's not a bad thing. They just, that's how they tell people who've never been to Prague before. They look the other way with it. You know, everybody else just knows. You know, it's kind of like when you go downtown Chicago. Why would you look west? No trains are coming. That's not where the station is. Everybody's going away. So this, this guy approaches you. And what they are doing, they're selling bed sits in Bohemian grandmother's living rooms. So like a hotel back in 2000 was probably like 20, 25 a night. Uh -huh. And you could sleep on this Bubby's couch for like 10. It's totally negotiable. You get a key to the house, an old skeleton key, and you'd be up the hill because Prague actually sits in, the, in a, like a valley actually. And, but there are hills. So of course I get set up, you know, so I, this, 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 guy he picks me up he's got a mercedes he's taking me to this lady's house you know what I mean? i'm up for this i want to save a couple bucks he's driving me he's warning me about the gypsies there are gypsies in the, in the czech republic yeah hungary romania bulgaria gypsy they still children and i'm like oh my god it's just like my dad he's like you he knew your father knew of the gypsy problem we have here no he goes no he was in chicago you know never been to the czech republic but apparently it's universal the Czechs have a thing for the gypsies. So I actually went to Romania, saw the gypsies, and I totally understand the problem. Once they come in, they don't leave, ever. So like I'm in this beautiful area with all these waterfalls in this, in this uh, you know, better soft area. And then the gypsies came, and they're doing their laundry in the waterfall, you know, and it's like, Gee, Jesus, people. You know, but yeah, just, they, they are. They were taking a bath too, were they? Pretty, pretty much, they could have, <laughs> yeah. They are. They are like the native people, so they must have rights to roam where they see. But so you're driving on the highway in Romania, and you're clipping at 80, and you'll see this like little sign, and it's got like a cart, like a horse-drawn cart with like a triangle, like, look out, gypsies, and bam, I mean, people must hit gypsies all the time. Just like the Amish sign. Right. <laughs> exactly. In you Indiana. See, yeah, you see, the, you see the gypsies coming, man, like, like, click, 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 down, and you're, wing, sitting right past them. So yeah, so it's what a segue. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> As will happen. So yeah, it's um, but it, sticking to me was just like the wide open west. I mean, all all completely white. You know, there was no ethnicity. Everybody was the same ethnicity, yeah. cheap and poor. We weren't sticking because he had a lot of money. It wasn't like it's kind of like it definitely was south of the tracks, but you're oozing your way towards you know 
summit in the Cal Sag and all that. This isn't like high rent district at all. We have to share a zip code with Berwyn. Correct. Yeah. Now, did you got when you guys were growing up? Did you have your own phone, or did you have a party line? We had our own phone. Oh, you guys had all the money. Oh, it's because your dad probably went to school or something. Yeah, he was here. We had a party degree. line. You had to pick up the phone and listen. And you might hear somebody talking because you're sharing a phone number with somebody. And oh, Blanchard, you her, her phlebitis and her legs are so swollen. Oh, sorry, and you have to put the phone down. Oh, here's another. We had two phones in our house. Whoa. One in the parents' bedroom and one in the kitchen. Whoa. Yeah. Well, we had two upstairs and downstairs. So, in, yeah, in the, yeah. In the bigger room in the basement. Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah, that but was a big, yeah, the whole. You, you had know, to rent those phones tile. from AT&T back then. You you didn't buy phones. You rented my, you them. Know, you know, my mom was paying the rental phones. on that well into the 2000s. That's I went down there. I still <laughs> saw the, you know, the rotary phone on the wall, and I'm like, well, this can't possibly. Yeah. Yeah, on the it, bill. yeah, and I'm like, mom, and he's like, well, I don't know these things, you know. Where she, ne- mom, never really got a cell phone, but she was the cordless phone. That's where we migrated to, and that it would it would generally work in the basement. But yeah, it was just this rotor. I should have taken it out when I was cleaning the house. I should have unplugged that. Just here, have it here for nostalgia's sake. But. Yeah. Did you ever see that uh, video of the guy gave the rotary phone to his kids and gave him five minutes to make a phone call? Oh wow! They couldn't do it. Well, they really, they figure, just couldn't figure it out? They couldn't figure out the rotary phone. Wow. Well, most of the things, like slide roll. You ever figure out a slide yeah. roll? Yeah. I never knew a slide My dad could do the slide roll because he came from that, uh, you know, I, I would how many courts uh, in a peck. I do some of my physics exams with the slide roll. Really? Mr. Wow. Uh, was a Kleckner? I, uh, yeah, thankfully I never had a class that required yeah. a slide roll. I had yeah. have been I think What was his the name? Room. What was that physics? Uh, well, Dave will know. Dave knows all. Yeah. Thank you. And I told you about the, the 44th guy, right? I think we talked about yes. that. Yes. 44th, Joe Bob. Joe Bob. We'll have to go over that at another video. Yes, another video. Yeah, no, I, um, you know, looking back now fondly. Well, you, know, you need to, you can't skip over your house without the half story. Oh, okay. So, yes. So, so <laughs> my grandmother took the money. Apparently, there was a vacant lot, but all the other houses on the block were taken. So this we it, it, it apparently was a house big enough, you know, for whatever reason they never numbered the empty lot, you know, which is again, you know, welcome to Stigney. So we ended up with a half. So there was a forty nineteen, and there was a forty twenty one. So Your house was between them. And house was between them, and it was it was a full size lot. I just don't know why, you know, typical screw up. So yeah, we came forty nineteen and a half, and the you know sometimes in the digital age you come in as point five. But it's like when you got a name like Chalabala, that's like a security question. Is Marilyn Chalala? No, she's not here right now when you <laughs> hang up. And then somebody would say, What well, do you live 419 and a half? No, you don't. Click hang up. You know they had never been there. Yeah. It was. It was like, uh, what's that Harry Potter? What's that station? Uh, yeah, nine Harry and a Potter? half. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that. Like, how could you live at half hours? What half do you live in? And I said, Yeah, good questions. But uh, yeah, it was a non-standard uh, upbringing. We had the summer home. Oh yeah, in, uh, out in uh, that too. I think cost five thousand um, dollars. Out in uh, Lake Holiday, and now that's all built up. That's like a huge subdivision of Chicago. But back then, there was only four houses, like in two miles. So we had it was like little house on the prairie. Like literally, you were out there, and it's like whatever's going to happen to a structure, it happened to that house. But thankfully, storms weren't really that bad. But every, you know, my summers were spent, every weekend was out there cutting the grass. Every week. As soon as I was old enough to push a mower, 
I was pushing twice. And somehow my sister skated on all that. It was like, oh no. If I could climb a ladder, so then my dad, his whole idea of home maintenance was get the kid to do it. You know, and then if, that way if he falls off the roof, you know, he should be okay. Whereas <laughs> if he falls off the roof, it'd probably kill him. So yeah, I'm out climbing on the roof. I'm doing all sorts of dangerous stuff with power tools and whatever and trying to maintain that place. But yeah, two bedrooms and a bath. That was about it. My sister hated it because we had electricity, but we had no TV. We could only get AM radio. We were lucky to get WGN for the Cubs, um, uh-huh. and then, yeah, WLS with the No check. VCRs back then. We did puzzles. Yeah. And board games. And then my mother got into this uh, painting of, I guess you'd call it chalkware. There was this guy, Mr. Nutini, had a, a shop that had all these, like, you know, fountains and whatever, but you could paint them. And you would gloss them. So she was painting, like, Gone with the Wind figures, and that was her escapism. I was out there, but that's where I learned how to just be alone. I mean, I, I guess when you think about now, and I've traveled the world alone, uh, I remember being seven and my dad taking me out to show me how to fish. And as soon as I didn't poke my eye out with the, the hook, I was I was done. He's like, I'm out of here. And that was it. So if I wanted to go fishing, I got the worms out of the compost pile. I had to walk probably the equivalent of three blocks to the, to the lake uh-huh. all by myself. Just get out there fishing, and you know, I catch them and release them, you know. And then I remember one time, my dad, because we had the poles that were like they weren't all shot quartered together; they were like connecting, right, to the three pieces. Yeah, these bamboo poles with the connector, and I, I hooked in a, a bigger one and took the end of the pole. So here I am. I'm probably like eight, nine, and there's always this accountability thing with your dad. Like, whatever happened, what's the story going to be? You know. How do you survive this, right? The bad thing has happened. Will you survive it? You know. So I come home and I'm like, Dad, the fish took the end of the pole, and he gives me the look like, "Yes, what did you do?" And he's he's torqued, you know, about this. Now he had a, he had a rod with a reel and a casting. I wasn't old enough to use that yet, and he is like, you know, what did you do? And I'm like, Dad, he just took off and popped the end of that that pole up. Ah, he's not buying it. So later that day, there's a dam, and we went over by the dam because I don't know. It was I think it was because on really hot days, the the roar of the water coming over the dam actually created a mist. It was kind of nice. So we go over there, and we see the pole go over the dam. <laughs> and I said, "That's the pole." So my dad, like, you know, the, the pole is like leading. My dad runs out there, guys. The fish is still on it. I said, Dad, that's what I'm telling you. Like, the pool. He's like, no way. No, he goes, I can't believe that. Dad, what am I told you? It's gone. He took it. But yeah, so we got the pole back. That's and, amazing. But yeah, he would. So if I wanted a fire, we had this like cart, and I would have to go three like three blocks in the other direction and, and load firewood into the you know into the cart to burn. And I was quite a firebug. I mean, I loved the good fire, you know. So I'm in there all by myself. You know, a couple of times you'd see some dudes out there, you know, in, in the woods. You know, you know, now you think, oh my God, that's it. You know, axe murderers or whatever. They were probably just out there for a walk, having some beers or whatever. But yeah, it was like this fort. And now I drove back a couple of years ago just to check it out. The woods is kind of there, but there's all houses in the in the deep woods now. They've all they kept as much of the forest they can, and then they carve out this little secluded spot for their little dream house in the woods. Well, yeah, we were out there every, just about every weekend in the summer. Our two weeks vacation, we're spent at the lake. It's been all week out there. Um, so as a consequence, we only went on 
one family vacation in our entire childhood. We went to uh, Kings Island in Cincinnati. My uh, uncle on my mom's side lives there with his kids. And we don't, I don't really make it the whole week. I want to say we did it in five days. It was like a day and a half there. Kings Island, they had uh, kids. My, my cousins were, you know, like one and just born or something. There's a set of twins in there. And uh, yeah, it was like five days. The dad didn't want to waste the whole week, you know, going to Cincinnati. I'm like, yeah, because, you know, it's only like, you know, 300 miles. What the heck? We can do that in a day, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so we really never, as a family, we didn't travel. A whole lot. We had that summer home, and that was our existence. But, we had the the two vacations every year: one to Michigan, one to Pennsylvania. Wow. Pennsylvania, we stayed at this campsite that was with SMTJ. What is that? Slovenian National Benefit Society. There you go. Got to have all those Slovenians. So we'd we'd spend a week there, and then we'd rent this cabin in Michigan by my dad's relatives. So it was my mom's yeah. family, and, and no TV, AM radio. In Michigan, we got WGN. In Pennsylvania, yeah. I didn't know what we were listening to. That SMPJ radio, yeah. I think, is what they had. Polka music, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, the third chicken in the polka. And we would go, and they had a pool, and they had a lake you go fishing, and they had a uh, tennis court, and a uh, hayride, and wow. you'd, you'd do a camp out where you'd, you'd do a, a campfire, and you'd sleep on these plywood boards in the middle of the night, and... Uh, it's that we we did a couple family trips. We did one to Washington D.C. Wow. We did one where we drove around Lake Michigan on our way to there. We took a week to drive around. That was cool. But never, I never went west of the Mississippi till I was an adult, and I never flew in an airplane till I was in vet school. Yeah, I flew in a plane. My grandmother died. Like had to be. Well, my dad was still around, so I would have been like seventy-eight. She died, and we, we, my mom wanted to go to the funeral, so we, the, the kids, my dad didn't go. So just us three kids went to the airport. I thought that was so weird, like flying somewhere with just one parent. I'm like, what is this? They're all staring at us, like, what is it? Broken home, we're not for a broken home. No, we're not, my parents love each other. No, and we went down there for, I don't know, like two or three days, but that was like big, you know, plane. Oh, and now I'm like living on planes and stuff. And, you know, just, it's so weird, though, because, like, you know, I've been on so many planes that, like, you know, when people are talking, like, oh, I couldn't possibly, you know, that's a four-hour flight. I can't make it four hours. I'm like, four hours? I mean, I've been on some plane. I mean, the one from Russia to Mongolia was, like, 12 hours. It was six six logistical hours and then six uh, time zones. So, at the end, you, like, you literally got on a plane at, like, six at night. You got there at midnight, and it's eight in the morning or whatever. Six in the morning. You're like, what is happening? I don't feel good. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't, some people just can't do planes. I don't, I mean, I think you, you got to go to your happy place, right? So, I'm, I'm as a large man, see, this is like the large seat here. I love this. Um, but, yeah, most planes are very, very short. Uh, they get smaller. New, uh, no, um, what is it? Saudi Arabia Airlines, which one to fly. That's one. They run, a, I think they're using older jets, like from the 70s. They have huge, they're like bigger, the seats are about this size, they're leather. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, baby. And there's not a lot of seats on it, but they have a they have like a prayer center in the back of the plane, in the front. Men go in the back, women go in the front. So when it's time to pray, they get little curtains. Nice. So that's whole but that's how wide the plane is. They have a prayer area. You know, it's a incredible wide body plane. But yeah, we just I mean, 
you know, my dad, I think he topped out financially at $12,000 a year because he had the bum ticker, so they put him on like almost like a fixed income. He's a uh-huh. year employee. Um, and again, so uh, it, it's a mixed message, right? So he and my uncle started at this Armac Chemical together, and the, the carrot, the main carrot for all you good bohemians out there, working shifts because you get what's called shift differential. It's your only reason for living. The job is absolutely horrible, but you get like an extra 30 cents an hour or some 50 cents an hour to shift. Now, most places that I've heard, factories and stuff, they shift monthly. Uh-huh. This place shifted weekly. So you'd be at 8, eight to 4 one week, then you go 4 to 11, then 11 to 7. Repeat. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So my dad starts this way. He has his first heart attack in 65. I was one. My mom claims he was blue. She said he looked violet. You know, and somehow they brought him back. I don't know what they used, you know, car batteries, whatever, heavy drugs, whatever. They got him back. Um, and then he went, I think he went back to shift, shifting to get the differential. And then he had another, like, min- minor one in 70, I think it was. And they said, Dad said, you're done shifting. So they kind of, you know, because he's in the union, he can't fire him. So he, they kind of capped his earning potential. So he got whatever the union was able to get for, you know, that, but he didn't get shift differential. But he was home at 5 o'clock every night. So I never really experienced the world where you're shifting. Yeah. My cousin did because my uncle never had the heart attacks. He never stopped at shifting. So he worked from like 27 to 65 shifting. One, two, three, one, two, three for all those years. So I talked to my cousin, I'm like, what was that like? He goes, it was hell. Because you'd get home from school, you didn't know if you could make a sound. You couldn't remember if your dad's sleeping, working, you know, or, or just waking up. What 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 is going on? So you just got to be quiet. So you said, I would just grab my paints and stuff and go in the basement for like four or five hours to stay out of the fray. And then about seven, eight o'clock at night, you come up, get some food, and then maybe go to bed. And I'm like, wow. So he has this entirely different upbringing. I'm like, no, my dad was right there at the left. He, you know, he had the, this, you know, at the end of the table, he's in the middle. He was there every meal. And that's the difference. I had a dad, you know, for better or worse. I mean, obviously, he died when I was 15 or something, but he was there. Whereas my cousin's like, ah, what is my dad? What is that? He, you know, the money was there, good on that, but there was no, like, raising of the children at all. So, yeah, so I'm not a huge fan of shift work. I kind of like first shift. I think it's good. But, you know, I guess for the coins, man. I guess, man, we were on top there, man. That's why you had that your own phone thought, number, man. We we, well, my mom went back to work when we started school. And she worked the shift. So she was, it was like done at three. So she was usually home by the oh, time okay. we were back from school. Yeah. Because she was doing nursing. And I remember I had to learn how to make breakfast because she would be gone by the time we would get up from school. So I learned how to make the farina, wow. which was our our standard breakfast staple. Farina, farina, man. It was like it was not like just a the name of one of the little rascals. Wow. No, that was wow. Buckwheat. No, there was a farina. Was there a farina too? Yeah, before Buckwheat. Holy His name was farina. Yeah. yeah. Same kind of a. Yeah, and then well, sometimes she would do some night shifts. So sometimes she'd be on wow. the three to eleven. So. 
you know, she'd get us breakfast, and then I don't know. So you didn't need like Fruit Loops and Count Chocula. And we did not have that. any of that. We had like I remember I, one okay, time having Crisp cereal, but my dad was totally against that those uh, yeah. sugary cereals. So we get the granola. He would make these these uh, cereals that were like a farina type cereal, but they had like the cracked grains, and they were really hard on the teeth. And oh yeah, like he wouldn't let us put nuts, the brown yeah. sugar and butter on them. Great so. nuts, like gravel. Yeah. yeah. And so there was no candy in our house. Yeah, I do remember that because he would come over and eat all my mom had the cake and the frosting. Oh like, god, the yeah. frosting. And it, for us, I mean, I I had all that stuff, and I still don't eat cake to this day. I'm not a big cake and frosting kind of guy. So we we got to pick our flavor of uh, fruit flavored yogurt. That was our treat. You know, you get the blueberry wow. yogurt with the blueberries on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, to scoop it up, you'll play or whatever that was. Yeah. But you know, a lot of good that did me, man. Look at me. You know, end up with cancer. And maybe, maybe, man. maybe we could have done like a life swap a little bit. You know. I probably could have benefited from a little healthier. He's in my house. Mom, why does your cooking taste so great? Oh, it's the lard. Yeah, I start every meal with lard. But mom, it's the cereal. Yeah, like I said, the lard. My mom, this is this is uh, you know this is uh, get the crunch with lard. Yeah, yeah. Well, when enjoy we, it. When we go to my grandparents over in Cicero. We had the, the good food and yeah, my window uh, cookies and the uh, I had all fig these, Newtons. I must have had all these diabetic aunts and uncles today. I always had that diabetic candy. So you, you look at it, you go, oh, yeah, candy. No. <laughs> it really took the happiness out. This is not a happy candy. Yes, it's some, it was candy-shaped, but it did not taste like anything I would want to eat. Oh, look, at it big bowls of it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, it is so weird because my family, it's so, it's just so, it's just weird because, so, like I said, my grandmother was, I believe, my third, the third wife of my grandfather. Uh-huh. My mom's parents, um, they grew up in Milwaukee. They ended up in Omaha, Nebraska. And they both died in their 40s. One had leukemia and the other one had, like, diabetes or something. And so my mom and my uncle were heading to an orphanage in Omaha. I mean, the papers were signed. They were packing them up. And all my relatives, I guess, the, the other bubby here from Berwyn, came out. I guess on a train. I can't imagine how you would get from Berwyn to Omaha. I would assume it's the train. It it's not, train. Omaha sounds yeah. like a big train time. Anyway, they got there, and you know the brain trust gets together over a couple, you know, cold ones one night, and says, "Are we really going to let these kids go to an orphanage?" Because my mom was like fourteen, and you know, 12, 12 or fourteen, and my uncle was like, you know, two years older. So he was like, you know, fourteen or sixteen. And they decide, no, 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 we can't be having any of that. So they brought him back to Berwyn. And we end up living with my, uh, so it, they end up living with an aunt and an uncle in Berwyn on 30th and, and like home somewhere near there. 30th yeah. Street, 30th Place. I guess it wasn't even home. It was like really close to Oak Park Avenue. And they lived actually the next door neighbor there. That was, if this is the fourth house in, in Berwyn, that house was the, only the third house north of the tracks in Berwyn wow. when it was built, like 1904 or something. So uh, yeah. Berwyn wasn't even a town until 1909. But anyway, so they ended up living with this aunt and uncle. The aunt was lovely. My aunt, you know, Grandma Millie was wonderful. She, you know, took care of us. We kids, we didn't know any, anything other than, you know, these are our grandparents. My grandpa Bo, my, so this is my mom's uncle Bo, flat out. I don't want children. So imagine living in a house 
where essentially the father figure says, why are you guys here? Why, why are you sucking up my valuable resources? Yeah. Get out of my way. So that was how we were. So literally, uh, between my, my grandpa Steve died in 68, uh, I had this grandmother making bakery two doors away. That was Grandma Anna. And this other couple, why are you here? You know, and so we were kids. We're running around. We're kids, right? Leave me alone. And so he had this enormous uh, living room. It had to be 25 feet. It's an absolute massive living room. Like ours Huge. up in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about that size. And totally open, you know, architecture. And he had one of the first remote TVs, big console unit with this ka-chunking thing. Yeah. chunk And it would change the channel. And, you know, this is like 71, 72. This is like mind-bending. How is this done? It's through the air? Where's the cord? But it would change the channel incrementally. Yes. It would go around. If you wanted to go from channel 5 to 2, you had to spin all the way around. So his whole thing was he'd sit in the main main control module like this, ka-chunk. And, of course, we kids are running across and screwing up the signal. It ain't working. (laughs) Stop moving. (laughs) Ka-chunk. And and ta-chunk. And... We want to watch uh, whatever. Why, what was it? Uh, Why will the Disney? You know, and oh, it's going to be a you know, Paco and his burrito or whatever. And then it was like, you know, uh, I remember uh, what was it? Uh, Jiminy Crickets. You know, it was one of yeah, the animated the host, things. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh my god, and why do I have to watch this? Gunsmoke. That's a real show. Shooting guns. What is this kids? Uh, what are these children doing here? Oh, we're your grandparents. You know, your grandchildren. Not my grandchildren. I was like, oh jeez. So yeah, it was weird. You go to these relatives that don't want you there. My grandmother though was great. She stayed in the kitchen, did the traditional wife thing, stayed in the kitchen, cooked. She was very nice from what I can recall. But uh, that's why my mom was really big on keeping the family together because her family got blown up, obviously, with the early deaths of her parents. But yeah, so it was this constant, like, where, who are my grandparents and why can't they teach me anything? So I think it's really important if you've got time to spend with your grandkids. God, please do it. You don't end up like me with all the, oh, I hate you kids. You're getting in the way of my remotes. You know, that's the way I'm going to be. You know, some kids, I'm going to be this old senior citizen. Just yeah. So, yeah, no, Stickney was great. 44 kids. Uh, we put this together. Well, actually, this will, this will be a great way to see who our kids are. They, everyone you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and scan those in or take pictures of them and put them on the video or attach it to the yeah, video. Yeah, here's Mrs. Hosek, Almond Crescents. All right, and she's got to have the Congo squares in there, too. Potato chip cookies by Mrs. Steffa. Hang on. Mrs. Juris, toffee bars. See, there's so many, because we had them all broken down by categories here. Mrs. Barnes, chocolate chip cookies. Mrs. Chalabal with the seven layer bars. Oh, seven layer bars. Still a favorite. We had some of those at her funeral. Still a favorite. Mrs. Janowick gave us a pound cake. There you go. Soup and nut cake, Mrs. Barnes. So she doubled down. So you were there were actual pieces people that didn't submit a banana nut loaf was by Mrs. Hosa. Okay, there's the third one. All right, Mrs. Costlantic pistachio cake. Oh, that sounds good. One cup of water. Who makes a cake with one cup of water? I'm surprised because they would be all like doing this that market day stuff. They really you know. But Mrs. Where's Vicky apple cake? Yeah, these are some high quality graphics here. Mrs. Novak. I think I remember drawing pictures with my recipes, but I'll have to Mrs. go back and What'd she do? She did a uh, Philadelphia cream cheese pie. Ooh. So Mrs. That's Jindra the... Melons Baba. Mrs. Jindra. There you go. 
Christy Jimmy. In other words, Vicky Apricot foldovers. So it does look like we got everything from like the only certain mothers submitted. I think there's mother. a lot. I mean, we'll have to see how many recipes this and is up to the kids. Ice cream collection. Yeah, I don't. I, well, for 44 kids, I would assume there'd be like 44 recipes at least. Mrs. Juris French uh, breakfast puffs. Another Mrs. Ho said she was all over oh, blueberry wow. muffins. Okay. Those were a favorite in our Mrs. house. Mrs. Labash, Bohemian Pizza, but shoot, Lord knows. Yeah, maybe I'm missing something. Hey, know. you know what? We got to do an episode where we make these recipes, man. This is going to be... Oh, I don't know about that. We're going to make these. Yeah, there's so many people that, that didn't even submit one. Mrs. Gosling, orange jello mold. Okay, that's a recipe? Yeah. Mrs. Novak. I don't so think she... I have a jello mold. Mrs. Pomerani, Chicken Supreme. She's Chicken Supreme? That's supposed to be, uh, are these supposed to be like desserts or? No, no, that's just the main entree. Mrs. Steffa. Uh. So Mrs. Steffa was all over, I guess, before she divorced Mr. Steffa. Uh, that's it, baby. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I There's a lot of kids missing. Well, I'm going to go through mine and I'll we'll match them up. And, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the biggest, you know, when you got the stick me, man, you're on the edge of the earth. Because you, you, well, what I liked, I guess, it was the boundaries, right? So you had, like, you go to the cemetery, you can go way south in the cemetery, down by 47th. Yeah. You'd be very far from home. You got way, I used to go down there all the time, my bicycle. Yeah. Way down. And well, then. The library was a trip, but yeah. That yeah, was the, the library was half the trip, right. And then, but you go to the uh, Brish Brick and all that. Yeah. So my cousin. I never went to Brish Brick. I only went in once. I was so scared because I heard the garden was really mean or something. So my cousin, who's 12 years older, grew up in the same area, he went to Haley School, Edison didn't exist, and he talked about going back there and dealing with the farmers. So all that area where we were studying, they were farms, they owned by, by sharecroppers essentially. And so they would go back there and like, that's where you would buy produce and stuff from the Stickney farmers. And that's where the guy, there used to be that fruit and veg guy he used to run town, that's where he would get his stuff. Was, He'd be sung for the guys. And then, you know, uh, MacArthur School, which was out on 41st in Richland. That's where, that was yeah. ac that was actually a functioning school. A one-room schoolhouse. Right. right. So so my cousin went to... Uh, that was still around weird. Yeah, my cousin went to uh, Haley. And those kids, by you, you would have gone to MacArthur. And that was that was the yeah. divide. Not everybody went to Haley. And then... What year did they tear down Haley? Oh, well, we were out of there probably in the late... Late 80s? 90s? Yeah, no, 80s, probably. That's where they found all the asbestos and stuff. Oh, we're going to fix this. And the whole thing is, you know, full of yeah. asbestos shavings and there's just cancer. So they just put a crater well, where it used to be. That being said, it was a great place to grow up, as far as I remember. I Well, and the thing is, they had the, they had the clinic. Yeah. So what other town did you grow up in had a free clinic? Yeah. Now, granted... Oh, Mr. Kutzma, Dr. Kutzma, I would say I'd have to question some of his, uh, you know, decisions. I remember once going in there. Did he I ever get a, out of that chair? Yeah. Where, where would the penis be on a guy like that? Anyway, the, um, I remember having, uh, I messed up my knee. Uh, I slid in some gravel with this Terry DeWeese. He'd stole one of my bicycles or whatever, and Dave and I were chasing him on a bike, and i wipe out in the alley, on the gravel alley, and totally open up my knee. I could see all the way into the bone. It was horrible. So the cops get involved, and they take me to the, the medical stop, get my mom, and get there, get the, the like, sewed up. And then along the same time, I get an ab abscess tooth. 
And so, of course, you know, I'm going to stick these. So we're going to go to the clinic and have it taken a look at, right? So, and I, and my mom to this day, I can't remember. I could, I guess I could look it up, but you're a doctor. You might know. Whatever the treatment was for that, it was either cold or hot. I can't remember to reduce Quite swelling. Cold. Okay. So he said hot. <laughs> and my head, I mean, it looked like I had some, I looked like the elephant man. I looked like I had some kind of cranial facial tumor. My head blew up. And she, you know, dra- we're going back, you know, and dragging me. Does this kid look like he's had reduced swelling? Look at his head. So there is a picture in my archives. Maybe the next time we do this, I will dig up the pictures of our childhood. Maybe that's another. Yeah. We can go through the pictures because I got a shoebox here that it's killer stuff. But yeah, so then at the same time, my knee is mangled up. I got like this half a face. And I think that I want to say. No, that wasn't the summer we all got chicken pox. That was uh, eighth grade. Everyone's graduation parties kept getting canceled because of chicken pox. But yeah, it was. Uh, it, I was down for the count for that summer. It was not good. But uh, yeah, so free clinic in Stickney, low taxes, um, because you just raised the rent on oh, the yeah. Sanitary District or the right. uh, yes, yeah, Sanitary District. The racetrack yeah. is uh, in Stickney. Yeah. And so we had that low, low tax base, you and know. Yeah, big industrial base that uh, that kept it nice. And you could ride your bikes all summer. You'd go to your friends' houses, yeah. wherever you were. They'd have lunch for you. Yeah. Fantastic. It was, well, it was just a different time. It literally was our little slice of Mayberry. Like, there was no, yeah. you know. Although I do want to know why we all my parents town drunk. Well, who was the drunk? I don't remember, but I remember seeing the guy kind of wandering around. Well, there was, there was Chester the Molester. Yeah, and well, he I, was a little bit uh, right. So low I do, on the IQ, right? But I do, right? I do question when the guy's name is Chester the Molester, and all my parents say, "Don't go in a house with that guy." Oh, okay, Dad. <laughs> we'll do check check mark on that one. What do you mean, don't go in a house? What was? Well, we had the, the tavern was on the corner by our house. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we. But see, see, that was like that was like the nice tavern. Like my dad was, you know, they're townies, right? So Otto's and then Ken's bungalow in. You know, they really they nobody really went that I knew of went to that bar around the corner from you, whatever that one was, Miller High Life or something. Yeah, that it was always Otto's place and then Ken's Bungalow. And then before that, that lot became condos across the corner from us, that was where the fair would come every summer. Yeah. They put the yep. the death that trap empty, rides. That's right, where the, empty, the gypsies em- would go work there, I guess. That empty lot, we'd play baseball or football or just hit yeah. the balls around. Yeah, play softball mostly. Lot. Yeah, in that empty lot, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I remember different. flying a kite in there. And we had those little parachutes. You'd send up the kite yeah. and you jiggle the kite string. Yeah. So ours went across 39th Street. Huh. So I said, oh, I'll just stop by. I'll go. Go between the cars. Wham. I get whacked by a car. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I go over the hood. Wow. Yeah. Hit me right in the right leg. And my costals come out. Yeah. Okay, you're going to the hospital. You need to get x-rays. My mom's working at the emergency room. Yeah. Oh, Dragon hi, Jim. Nice yeah. to see you. What was this? Yeah, Nothing what, what broken. Bring, what brings you here today, Jeff? And then, oh. so I'm at home that night, put nice on it, and the lady comes to the house. She says, I want to see how he's doing. I he's feel dead. so bad. I you go, killed my son. And and my parents go, no, it was his fault. You have no blame in this. Yeah. <laughs> I go, wait. I could have had a lawsuit, man. I could have had my whole life settled there. Yeah. Eh. Yeah, tort reform. That, but that's how people were then. You know, if... If someone saw your kids doing something, they called your parents. Right. You didn't fear the police. You feared your parents. The Bubby Network. Right. So I uh, was just talking this with uh, Ken uh, over the weekend. So growing up, we were talking about white privilege. 
And I said, brother, Stickney was as about as white as it could get in America. I said, I remember, you know, so Dave, you know, National Merit Scholarship winner and I are after Fourth of July. You could go up and down the street, go to the bus, pedal slowly, and you find these half blown off fireworks, these squibs, as we call them. And you kind of tweak out the, the, the fuse and or caps, you know, the whole roll wouldn't burn. Right. You'd have like two inches of cap, you know. And so and I think we're using a magnifying hammer. glass, oh. you know, to, yeah, hammer or your magnifying glass. Go, you know. And so the cop rolls by, you know, the old show, whatever walks in. What are you guys doing? <laughs> well, officer, we're, we're blowing up some caps here. For you. Don't do that. I know your father. <laughs> well, game over. You know, so, so, of course, you know, a couple hours later, we're back doing it, right? Because we get bored of what we're doing. And the guy, he rolls over. And again, we're in a different town. We're in a different part of town. And he rolls up on us again. What is your problem? <laughs> I am going to talk to your father. And it's over. Because they were all in some social club together. And I'm like, oh, my God, not my dad, not my don't do it, you know. Oh my God, I'll be a good kid. Just arrest me. That'll be much easier to explain. And yeah, you just there was no fear of the police. There was no fear of anything. I can't even imagine any big scandal coming. I mean, other than like, I, I nothing. Like nobody stole everybody else's bicycle or something. We were just out all the time. But it was I. You were out until the streetlights came on every night. And whether you got, whatever you guys were doing, I was out with Dave's dad, we were playing soccer or fast pitch, whatever, until the lights came on. And then you'd sit out with your my dad. You'd have a little Strohs or Buckhorn out there, and I have yeah. a little sippy cup, and I'd sit out. Oh, we'd be at home, but we'd be catching fireflies. Yeah. We'd be lighting punks. Yeah. Uh, we'd be... Uh, there was just stuff to do, and, and, and they didn't require... And again, because there was no... There was uh, no computers games. Well, there were no, no replays. So, yeah. uh, whatever... And, and literally, when the season ended on whatever show you're watching, the summer was just... It's all reruns. Boy, there would be no reason to watch television. Like, why would I do that? No. Like, you went to something else. Nothing was streaming. It was all... First time, every time. So, if you're watching Happy Days or Love Boat or whatever, yeah. you missed it. Good luck. Someone just have to tell you about it later. There's no recap. Right. But we, you had other things to do. At A&W Root Beer. Yeah. You know, that place is still, since they pulled that, it's never been a functioning business. There's a used car lot. Now there's boats or something there. Why don't you just leave it as an A&W? Why don't you just get another owner? Because, I mean, we had our own A&W. You could just walk over there. You could take your jugs over and fill yeah. them up with root beer from the little spigot yeah. on the side of the wall there. What the heck? Get, get your, your, your brown cows. But then, too, who, grew, who grows up in a town that had an amusement park? Yeah. Fairyland Park. And you know what? As an antique guy, images of Fairyland Park are almost impossible to find. Almost impossible. Almost. I've seen a postcard from, like, around 1970. Yeah. I, I would assume that everything else has to be personal snapshots. I've never seen, like, of the rides. It's not, I can remember the rides. I seem remember to remember the Fairyland trip being a school event at one point. Band. Um, ah. End of the year band and orchestra trip would always be to Fairyland yes. Park. And then my dad, because he was in the Mustangs, the Lions Mustangs Social Club, they would have Lions Day. Um, and so he was working the raffle booth where he had these little pulling of the numbers and you know, they had the winning numbers, and then, oh, you met, oh, you got a winner here. You won a sausage or whatever. whatever. There's always these pulling of the numbers. That and the, the, the stuck-all stuck all pancake breakfasts, that's where you won the sausages. This thing was more like, uh, I guess it was still meat. They, I don't know what they daisy Suckle, brand. that's a whole other uh, Yeah, that's a whole episode. other episode. That, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of suck-all people. This is not on you. I'm sure it serves a purpose. I did not understand it. 
Although I did talk to Dave later, and I now understand the general purpose of suck-all, which makes absolutely no sense in America, man. We'll save it. We'll save it for the next yes. thing. The suck-all was created to fight the Russians. Wow. The Czechs were going to hand-to-hand combat fight the Russians to, to gain their freedom. That's we learned right. a lot of that there, yes. for sure. All we right, well, we're, we're coming up on uh, okay. 52 minutes here, so I think it's a good time to stop today's yes. episode. But Another wasted hour of my life. I'm never going to get back. That's no, this is, it's not that you're not, This is going to be on the internet forever now. That's true. That's true. My, my, the ramblings and, of And a, I would encourage anybody from our Stickney group. Yes. Uh, Berwin group. Who's got stories, man? We should uh, encourage them to jump on this. Yes, if you have an, any two cents to add, three cents to add to any of this, we need to start hearing about life in Berwyn. Uh, we can, can compare and contrast. Uh, we haven't talked about District 103 band, orchestra, or jazz band yet. Those, uh, those many, are... many things. Uh, Mr. Ketza and all sports related uh, topics. I eat wrestling, I have some very good wrestling, wrestling. stories. Softball, the uh, armpit bowl. Uh, yes, there, there. You know, so many things, so many times. You know, you sit down and it all just comes flowing right out. All right. Next all right. time. Next time.